Okay, we're rolling now, Ty. We're rolling. Is this happening? I think it's happening. It's it's been uh, a little while, but I I know we we definitely wanted to give it a, a shot here and see if we still had the uh, chops to do a podcast. Yeah, right. I don't think I remember how to podcast. It, it, some of it's coming back to me now that we've opened the mic. I know that there are usually three segments. I don't know when the first segment ends and the next one begins, though, but I think we can maybe kind of phone it in, sort of, and see if we can get through it. I think so. I think Rodrigo is going to help us get through this. So. He is, and I haven't seen him in a long time either, so it's nice to kind of see him pop in. and I don't know. We were catching up a little bit more. He was just kind of telling me what he's been up to, and I was kind of looking and fixing my sock and looking around, mm-hmm. but... It's it's nice to hear him, at least in the background. It is. I forgot how much I hate him all at the same time, how much I missed him, <laughs> like, equally. It's easy to uh, it's easy to build up aggression towards somebody that just kind of is doing everything for you, because literally he does all of our little busy work. Mm-hmm. And it's funny the way that the people that are doing the most for you, they're the people that you can look at and really criticize the most for not for what they're not doing. Pretty much, and anything that goes wrong pretty much becomes his fault because he does everything. So, yeah, well, that's what he signed up for. So, we're, basically, we're we're just happy to all be together again. It's nice. We are. It's nice, nice, and such a special day too. It is, man. It's it's sort of like our Christmas here at CSP, and that was another reason why you know we took a little bit of a of a vacation here and. Uh, one of the reasons that we wanted to come back and specifically get the mics open for this is uh, because it's it's Halloween. It's Halloween Eve Eve. It is, man. It has to like it had to happen. We had to bring it back. I looked at the calendar and I was like, no, nah, that can't stand. We got to come back. We got to we got to show up for Halloween. Got to show up for Halloween. It was it was a bit of a question, you know, it. It seems like whenever Halloween starts getting close and we've been kind of absent with the podcast for a while, it, it does uh, create a big question mark. Just like, okay, what are we doing, guys? Let's let's get this mm-hmm. shit going now. Halloween's coming up. That's right. And I know the fans were waiting with bated breath. Bated breath, Ty. I actually did get one um, one email from somebody that was asking about when we were going to put out another podcast. Seriously. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Um, and I told him, you know, it, it was in the works. It was just both of us needing to just kind of get our shit together and pull the trigger on it, you know? But it's always in the works, definitely. Yeah, for sure. We're still here, guys. We're not going anywhere. So shout out to the the one dude that that hit us up on Twitter asking about the next episode. (laughs) What up, guy? But I've come prepared, Ty. We we have a lot to get into besides it being Halloween and everything. I got a, a ton of movies that we can talk about that are uh, related to the season. Um, we're going to go through some, some songs and albums that creep us out. We got, mm-hmm. we got a lot of just current event shit that we haven't, you know, commented on as of late with the, with the election and, and all kinds of just news stories. And do you know what this is? Oh my gosh. That sounds like Halloween candy. 
Right. <laughs> I have a bowl of fun-sized candy bars that hopefully are going to last me through the entire show. Oh, that's so good. Fun-sized candy. I love fun-sized candy because you can eat, like, way more than just a regular-sized candy bar of that and not feel that bad. Like, it, you can eat the equivalent of, like, three Snickers and be like, yeah, they're a little fun-sized. We're good. It's true. Because you know you take you take about two and a half, maybe three fun size candy bars, and that's a that's a regular ass Milky Way. Mm-hmm. You know? But I could sit here and and eat a, a fucking baker's dozen of fun size <laughs> candy bars, and I don't feel like as much of a pig as if I ate one regular size Snickers. Yeah, really. It's awesome. I was taking, and it can get you in trouble too because I don't really eat a lot of um, candy bars, you know, throughout the rest of the year. It's sort of my special Halloween thing. Mm-hmm. But now that they've been around the house for about the last week, last night I was taking um, two Snickers and stacking them on top of each other and just having a, a just a delicacy. <laughs> And it's it it is a little bit different. It's just eating an extra thick. It's like eating a slice of Snickers pie that's just a big candy bar. So I would recommend that for anybody that has the means. That's amazing. My immediate reaction is you American monster, but then there's a <laughs> there's a there's a reaction also going on inside that's like I kind of want to do that. Win in Rome, Ty. <laughs> When in America we we do as when in America we do as the Americans do we stack Snickers on top of each other. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of that, God, I wish I was in America right now for Halloween. America does it. Up. America knows how to do it. Yeah, America does know how to do it. It's been fun. You know, I go to I go to thrift stores and stuff like that. Just to, pretty much every everything I buy for myself comes from a thrift store because they just have the coolest shit. Mm-hmm. You know, why buy anything, anything new, but, um, all the thrift stores are all decked out. They have been for like the last man, since like early September, they've been all decked out for Halloween. Yeah. And, uh, savers in particular down here on Manchester, they, um, they have a full section that they set out all of these Halloween tapes and like Halloween, um, ca- like a uh, cassette audio tapes as well. You know, mm-hmm. like of scary sounds. They had this whole section of just Halloween stuff. Really? Yeah, dude. That's great. Dude, I bet I bet those places like Goodwill and shit have uh, just like a boom of business around October. They must like people coming in for costumes and shit. Yeah, definitely. And you got to think that a lot of people they they spend a lot of money on costumes if if they're going to a Halloween party or something and they want to mm-hmm. have the coolest costume and then. You know, what do you do after that? It just, yeah. You have a banana suit hanging in the closet. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's what I love about Halloween is I can, like, I don't know. I could walk into, like, a grocery store and then be perusing, like, the beer section and there'd be a dude next to me dressed as a banana also picking out a six-pack. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, that's not weird. What's up, dude? It's true. It's It's... It's a little bit fun because normally, you know, that that may sometimes anger me, too. If it was in like last it was literally last night, I had to go get some stuff from Walmart and I um, I was walking in. And as I was somebody that was wearing like a like a Roman. Um, uh, what, are, what are those like the 
little towel. What are they? What are they called? Oh, toga. Like a toga. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was wearing a toga and he had like the crown of leaves or whatever, and it just pissed me the fuck mm-hmm. off until I was like, oh shit, it's almost Halloween. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, all right, dude, you're good. You're cool. All right, that's fine. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's the best, man. Normally, I don't have uh, too much patience for nonsense like that, but Halloween, you can just let that all kind of go. Yeah, right. That's why I love it. Everyone's just so much more laid back, too. So, um, I mean, speaking of thrift stores, I actually have some some tapes here that I recently found at my last haul that we'll we'll go through. They're ones that I'm going to be watching for Halloween, and I've been saving these particularly. Oh, yeah? Um, But... Before we jump into that, we may do that like maybe the second segment. I think we should yes. just kind of um let's let's kind of let's tackle some current issues and get those out of the way so we can focus on the fun stuff, do we think? Might as well. Let's save the fun shit for the second segment. Because normally second segment is like the I don't know, I feel like that's where we get mired in the in the shit. That's where we save like the heavy shit for it, seems like. Yeah, one one may say it's the meat and potatoes. <laughs> it is, it is. But I think a lot of our, our listeners are vegetarians, so. Well, okay. Well, then we can say it's the uh, regular size Snicker bar portion of the. Can veg- oh, there we go. Can vegetarians eat Snickers bars? I don't even know. I don't know. I feel like they probably just don't. I mean, I guess if you're going to watch what you eat enough to become a vegetarian that would just be an asshole move to just bust out a snickers bar yeah that's true although i do have a buddy who uh, is a vegetarian and he also hates vegetables so like his diet is just purely like fries and pizza cheese pizza like cheese and bread is essentially what he lives on and that's cool that would be the kind of vegetarian i'd be yeah yeah he do, like he does it like for ethical reasons, but he also doesn't give a shit about like about like his diet or anything. So he's just is he like a, an animal rights kind of guy? Yeah, he's just like no, I don't want to like do anything that kills other living beings. But I also hate vegetables and I love pizza, so it just works out. It works out really well for him. Yeah, that's that's I, I feel the same way too because I'm I'm totally against you know animals getting killed and. uh I think with vegans, and I don't even know fully like what a vegan's menu is like, but but I think that it's kind of like they can't eat any any type of a product that's even made by an animal, like um, mm-hmm. eggs or cheese or milk or. Yeah, yeah, that. And then I know some of them go so far as to like they don't like eating like this kind of vegetable because the 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 machines that make it, you know. When they're gathering it in the field, it kills rabbits and shit when it's, I don't know. Well, that's, yeah, Stop. it's definitely someone that's, that's uh, you know, really disciplined with their diet. That's got to be exhausting. Must be, dude. That's probably like half of the reason I'm not a vegetarian. Because I know I'm like, I'm like one, I'm like one YouTube video away, dude, from being a vegetarian. I'm just like one documentary away from going vegetarian. But then I have like bacon or something. Yeah, I guess there's really you kind of got to be all in or all out because there's no like part time vegetarian, really. Nah, nah. Well, bef- while we get into this, I'm actually going to crack open my Diet Dr. Pepper here. Nice. OK, Um, 
So this is something I've always kind of wondered, and it's good that we kind of stumbled onto this because I'd like to get your opinion on it. I definitely understand the people that are um, kind of fighting for, for animals' rights and they're protesting the way that animals are killed for our food, which is terrible. And those documentaries, man, like they're they're haunting, like Fast Food Nation. Yeah, you it's see, terrible. You see how some of the poor cows are just murdered, just straight up assassinated, dude. And it's in a conveyor belt type line. Mm-hmm. Um, do you can you really wrap your head around the fact that because your friend like he stops eating um meat and and animal products is is that really going to stop anything? I mean, obviously it's not, but where does he kind of what's his idea on that? Like, it's not going to really affect the way that the animals are killed, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think when I've talked to him about it is he's, he says that like he sees it as kind of a like a moral uh, kind of absolute that he thinks like humanity one day is going to embrace. So one day in the future, we're not going to eat meat at all. And we're going to look back in now and be like, can you believe we used to eat meat? Like we used to kill things to eat them. And so I think while he knows like his not eating meat isn't going to like bring down the meat industry. Like he's, he sees it as just like the beginning steps of where we're supposed to be going as, as humans or as people. I think that's what, I think that's why he does it. Yeah, that makes sense. You got to be doing it from just, just a moral standpoint. Cause you, you know that everybody is still going to be, you know, it's still going to be mass mass produced mm-hmm. and, it's crazy to me too that we're in 2016. You would think that maybe there would be a way that they could create a steak at this point without killing a cow. Yeah, right. And I think people are really close to working on it. I saw the other day on uh, YouTube, like how they have the ads sometimes before videos. It was an ad for like backing essentially like Kickstarter for a company that was doing that. So, like, I don't know if they need the money for establishing the company or research behind it or whatever, but it made, they made it sound like they had already done it and they knew how to do it. They just needed to make it into a corporation or something so that, you know, they could distribute it and get it out there, which would, I mean, it'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty awesome. It definitely seems like it should be doable with the technology that we have now, but then it kind of begs the question of, the people that they're going to be catering to are also the people that are against like genetically modified food in any ways. This is creating a steak out of something that's completely um, non-existent or, or not common. So I wonder how that would kind of work. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And actually my buddy too, he's wary of, um, of foods that like are supposed to taste like meat. Cause he's like, I don't eat meat. Why am I going to eat something that tastes like meat? You know? So I think, yeah, I think that's a problem too. But I mean, at least it would give everybody else who does eat meat like another option. Because I know a lot of the the shit that we're dealing with um, <laughs> as far as pollution is due to like cows. Like like they're finding that out a lot now. Like cows, the methane that they, that they release is just fucking up our uh, – just fucking up our entire environment. Um I mean, I don't really know the science behind it, but I know they're finding 
that out big time. So if everybody who does eat meat, they can just get them off of actual meat, I'm sure. I think that would be super helpful. Yeah, and that makes sense. I, I haven't read anything about the, the methane I uh, from the cows like being a, a part of the pop, uh, pollution, but – you know, obviously, the more mass produced all the food is, the more cows they need. So they're probably uh, getting cows kind of created at a faster pace than ever. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the numbers on it are huge. And it's not like some theory. It's like a well-established thing that just the sheer amount of cows that we have is is leading to a lot of the uh, global warming that's going on just because of the crazy amounts of methane that they release. So... It's just dumb. Like instead of having that, those cows that could be a huge field of whatever you know plant could uh, I don't know could make whatever kind of fake meat or whatever we need or even no meat. I think I mean I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I, it would I, suck, but I mean, yeah, you would miss the occasional burger, you know, and stuff like that. But if if uh, we kind of just changed and, and just started our entire culture in a different path that, you know, after the, the people that had grown accustomed to that kind of died out, me included, you know, it would just be a normal way of life. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think we're tending away from the absurd meat habits that we used to have. I don't know. I think people are getting more conscientious of, of what we eat and, you know, our gluttonous habits. So I think we're pushing in the right direction. I don't know if I'm there because, God damn it, I love a bacon burger. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have too much of a – I don't really watch my diet too much. And also I I do have a lot of – just from a moral standpoint, I mean I hate the way that the animals are treated. It's never been enough for me to like not go get a burger or like a chicken strip basket for dinner or something. But <laughs> yeah. If if I were given an option at a really nice restaurant between um, you can have the Angus burger or you can have the uh, the fake Angus burger, which tastes the same, but it doesn't really come from a cow, I would be inclined to take the one that doesn't come from a cow. I'd be yeah, yeah, right. That. Yeah, it'd be like, cool, let's do that. And actually at home, like when I cook at home, I don't use meat that much. I like eat a lot of like noodles and veggies like stir fry shit or on it like rice and beans and some tortillas or something like that and it's not like i miss it i'm like not like i wish i had the meat yeah man we we've been making tortellini like almost every every other night we have we get like this four cheese tortellini which for anybody that doesn't know it's just basically like a uh it's like ravioli almost but it's got cheese Mm -hmm. inside of it we boil those noodles and then um Put some white sauce, and then we mix in a little bit of red sauce too. Uh, it's kind of like I guess it's called a vodka sauce whenever you mix the two. Yeah, but it's pretty legit, man. Sounds awesome. Yeah, no meat required. No, none at all. I like that we're like basically advocating vegetarianism, <laughs> but also I love bacon cheeseburgers. See, I, like I feel like even the way we're talking right now, like we know, like fuck me, what are we doing eating meat? What do we have to kill things? Oh yeah. Well, I I realized that about myself a long time ago that I don't agree mm-hmm. with anything. I I think it's completely <laughs> stupid that something has to that many millions of these things have to die a year so I can eat a fucking stupid cheeseburger with a special sauce on it. You know? Right. <laughs> 
but I just haven't been able to to take it out of my diet. Nah, nah, me neither. I kind of did last year. Um, last year I did this like I juiced with a friend where we just like juiced veggies and fruits and shit. And um, I mean, I like lost weight doing it, but the real the real purpose is like to reset your cravings and shit and by the end of it i just i didn't want meat at all and i just wanted like grapes and a salad and and for a while i was like barely eating meat and then i came back to the states for halloween and a wedding and it <laughs> fucked me up was that when before we went to uncle bill's <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was uncle bill's like three times chinese restaurants like five times mexican restaurants Uncle Bill's is just like the the shitty kind of diner food, and I I, I know that I got like a double cheeseburger, and uh, yeah, you had to get uh, caught up with all that stuff that you missed out on. We went to Taco Bell. Oh yeah, yeah, I had to Wendy's all day. Oh yeah, but you had an excuse. I mean, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. I got to do. It. I'm gonna do it again. If I get back for Christmas this year, I'm gonna do it all over again. Lot of lot of catching up to do, and I hope I'm included on that because I want an excuse also to uh, to just go fucking wild. I know we went to Steak and Shake too, and we got uh, Frisco Frisco melts. Oh my god, yes, Frisco melt, <laughs> which is another ridiculous type of burger with uh, special sauce on it. Yeah, for sure. Man, that 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 makes me sad thinking about fast food nation. That was one of the. Uh, one of those documentaries that I watched and I didn't seek out any more like food documentaries after that. Cause it just kind of scarred me, man. I don't see how actual people can work in those slaughterhouses. Yeah. And you know what, dude, I've actually never seen fast food nation. I've, I've seen like videos on, on like YouTube and shit of what they, of what they look like. And maybe I've seen clips of it. But I think that's the reason I haven't watched it. I'm just like, I don't, I can't handle that. I can't, I'm not ready for my life to change, I think. And I'm afraid that after watching that, it's just going to be like, okay. It will, it will too, because you, there's, there are certain scenes that I won't go into too many specifics, but you know, you see multiple cows and they're all kind of, they're terrified, obviously, but they can, you can sense that they can kind of communicate with each other and be like, what the fuck's going on? And then. The one um, cow gets taken away from the guy that the cow that he's been standing next to, and then they just fucking blow his brains out. And the other cow's watching, and you can just—you've never seen a look on a cow's face like this. Just like, oh my god, he just killed. Like I know he killed this cow, and I know that this just happened, and I know Mm -hmm. it's going to happen to me. You can just tell that they're processing all this information. And there's just like yes. one one soulless dude with a thousand yard stare that's just taking these cows all in line and blowing their brains out each one of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I can't do it. I believe it. I mean, maybe maybe one day when I decide I need to be vegetarian, I'll watch that and it'll push me over the edge. But dude, cows are cows are so sweet. They're so like, I don't know. They're so sweet. Yeah, cows like react to names. Like they they can remember things. They're like pets. mm Hmm. Yeah, it's really just like our, I don't know, our culture, our social, uh, like, programming that was like, these cows, cows are not pets, but these dogs are. These dogs are pets. 
Which, thank God, they're not killing dogs like that in this country to eat. Yeah, right. I've seen a few videos of that. It's brutal. Brutal. Oh, man. And so we're, we're kind of sidetracking here, but... You know, do you ever, like, get on 4chan and just kind of, like, uh, go through the random board or anything like that? Mm-hmm. It's been a really long time, man. Well, for anybody that hasn't done it, I wouldn't even recommend doing it because you, no. the thing about 4chan is it, you do read some kind of cool shit, but the next thing you know, you're, like, look, like a video just pops up. It's just one random message board, and you'll see things all of a sudden that you don't realize you're seeing until it's too late. Mm-hmm. Um. One of them was just they they try to post shit too where they want you to see it without even knowing what's going on. But like it's it was I saw a video of somebody torturing a dog, mm-hmm. and I couldn't fucking click off of the screen quick enough because I I I don't usually get shaken by a lot of videos. Unfortunately, online I'm kind of callous to a lot of the stuff. I don't like to look at it, but mm-hmm. anything to do with a dog, it's just it sends shivers down my spine and. Now I got to kind of, if I look on there, I got to just have sort of one eye kind of peeking around. And if it has anything to do with the dog, man, I got to get the fuck off. You got to peace out. I know, man. It's haunting. It's funny how we, funny how we have that thing where like if an animal is being abused or mistreated, like we can, I can watch a movie all day and just see dudes getting shot in the face and stabbed in the heart and thrown off cliffs. But as soon as like a horse like is like lame and limping, I'm just like, oh, that poor baby. I remember whenever uh, the Coen brothers put out True Grit, you know, the remake of the John Wayne movie. And Mm -hmm. at the end, it had um, um, Jeff Bridges, and he was rushing this little girl, like, across the field to town or whatever. Mm -hmm. She had dysentery or whatever old disease she had, (laughs) something. And she's a little girl, and she's dying, and, and they're trying to rush her to the hospital. And then, like the horse gets exhausted from going like a hundred miles or whatever. And I just felt terrible for the horse cause the horse just collapsed. And then, uh, um, rooster Cogburn, he, he just carried, he started walking with the little girl. And I'm like, what about the horse, man? And you're like, save the horse, dude. He was carrying both of your asses for miles. And now just fuck him. Like now he's just a flat tire. Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of just going to a better topic here. This while we're still uh, finishing out the first segment, I've been reading a book about like dogs, about just because I'm so interested in the way dogs' minds work. Mm-hmm. And I I found a, a book called Being a Dog, and it's by some uh, research scientist. Her name is Alexandra Horowitz. Yeah, but it it goes over like a lot of. Um, questions that humans kind of have about the way a dog's brain works and they're like smell receptors. I mean, everybody knows that, I don't know, humans have like 8 million smell receptors where a dog's nose has like 300 million. Mm. And I'm so fascinated by all of the dog's information that they get comes from smelling like they can do more than just smell things they can find emotions and dangers and anything from smelling Mm -hmm. and something that i read in this book which i thought was really awesome do you know that a dog's nose kind of works in stereo really how do you mean like a like they like can 3D? no, like they pick up. Um, they can pick up certain smells with one nostril while the other nostril is doing something different, getting what? like a different kind of information. Yeah, 
Oh my cow, that's crazy. Isn't that insane? That's nuts, man. They're like multitasking with their noses. Right. I had no idea that it worked like that, but there's some there's some wild shit going on. Yeah, really. Animals, dude, we're like fucking stupid big lumbering idiots compared to compared to animals. Animals have like incredible sight. Just like the cows that we're talking about, like they can sense shit. Like they're like, oh, something's fucked. Something's fucked. I know. But we're just like, like whoop, just bumbling around. And we seem to think that for some reason, because we can um, talk, like we can speak, that that makes us just um, hundreds of years more advanced than they are, which, you know, if they could talk, that would be awesome. But that doesn't, I think their minds are working at a way different pace than ours are. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's one thing I think about sometimes is like, like, I bet a dog just has like full complete thoughts. It's just like to us, it would sound kind of dumb. But to that dog, he's probably like thinking really complex shit. And I don't know, it's just on different levels. That's all it is. Like, uh, like that idea that we're only, this is like Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know him? Mm-hmm. Like, a, yeah, he, he said this thing. I think we probably talked about it too, where he's like, uh, chimpanzees are only like 90 they're like 99 percent the same dna as us and we have zero communications with them other than like some some rudimentary sign language um so all that takes is that little tiny percentage and boom we're just completely on different wavelengths but you got to imagine they still have their own thoughts and emotions and shit yeah there has to be thoughts and and emotions in there that maybe we haven't even defined yet that we don't even know what that is Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's 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 pretty crazy, and you know, like after reading a lot of stuff about from the book, I kind of watched the way my dogs work, and they both. I was talking to uh, to Jenna the other day about some of this stuff. Like, I I don't understand how dogs, you know, they don't really have a lot of communication with where they'd come from, or they kind of don't know their story. Like my dog Shecky. I got him when he was a puppy. He didn't really ever like get to know his uh, parents or his family. However, dogs would get to know each other, like smother ass or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he he he's only kind of known me. Yet, how does he just have all of this this information ingrained where he knows he has to watch out for predators, and he kind of knows that things are gonna try to eat him if he's not careful. And whenever he takes a shit. He he always um he kicks he kicks back a lot of grass to cover it up in a way so that he can maybe not be found by a predator you know yeah I don't understand how a lot of that stuff's ingrained it's not like his his grandpa was telling him stories from the war or anything yeah that's true dude you know one thing I heard too that like somebody was saying that the reason like while your dog is shitting like they might look at you is because they're, like, completely vulnerable at that moment, so they're, like, looking to you for protection or something. (laughs) (laughs) So that creepy stare while they're taking a shit is them, like, protect me, looking at you. Shitting is just the universal vulnerability state. Yeah, it is. It is. It's the one thing that we have in common with any animals is while we're shitting, we're completely vulnerable. (laughs) Yeah. One other thing, too, before we, we wrap the first segment here... Um, while we're on dog talk part two, there was, um, I, I, I liked, I watched the way that, that like Shecky interacts with other dogs and stuff. And 
I heard a question on NPR one time. They were talking about dogs, and they were asking, "Why are dogs so? If if dogs um, smell receptors are are so much more advanced than ours, and they can smell things at a way higher level, why are they so attracted to things that smell so bad?" Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that, at least the theory behind that, is. Since dogs use their smell receptors to kind of tell if someone's a friend or a foe or how they're feeling or whatever, they look at um, anything that's that's really stinky as sort of um, – it's like where all of the dro- dogs are drawn to. So if, mm-hmm. they, if they roll around and, and shit or anything like that, they'll be the stinkiest thing. And then that will make them the most popular. Like the other, all wow. the other dogs will want to kind of come up and smell them. And be like, man, what's this dog's really stinky? What's he into, man? <laughs> I gotta check out like Shaggy, that. man. I like that idea. It's like the it's like the newest fragrance. <laughs> like, what are you wearing, Shaggy? <laughs> oh, I really like that idea. That's cool. And he's all proud, like strutting around, and all the other dogs are coming up to smell him. And he's like, what do you what are you smelling? Like, what well, a big deal. I'm covered in shit. Yeah. So what? <laughs> <laughs> It makes sense, though. Yeah, it does make sense. I remember uh, realizing that my dog was like the the asshole dog, like the dickhead dog, like uh, Spanky, my folks, my folks' dog. Like if you take him for a walk or something, and he would just like try to snap at some other random dog while they were sniffing each other, just slow, <laughs> slow dawning the slow realization that like, oh, my dog's that like asshole dog that everyone's like, what the fuck's wrong with your dog, dude? <laughs> Which is a bummer, but it it is a bummer. My my dog Walter's like that too. They're just so anti. Um, they they don't want to see any other dog or any other person. No, no, not into it. They're like the loudest. They just bark at everybody. And whenever I was taking them out one time, there was this little girl that lived in my apartment complex. She was walking out of her car with her parents, and I was walking the dogs out. And I just heard her kind of say to her mom, "Oh, I hate that fat white dog." Because <laughs> he's such a grouch, man. I can imagine. I don't even blame him. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. Good, good times though. I was that. That's a great way to um to bring back the the uh, the vibe of the conversation. Going from talking about eating animals to talking about dogs. You know, dogs always make <laughs> you happy. Yeah, they do. Right? It's dog talk. We always have dog talk every once in a while. Yeah, gotta gotta get back into dog talk. All right, well, we are at a little bit past the 30-minute mark, so let's uh, take a quick break here and maybe play some spooky commercials, and then we can come back and get into some uh, some movies that we're looking at for the, the big Ooh. Halloween celebration. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll be right back on CSP. Preacher with the Atom Ray. A motion picture shot full of thrills. Based on scientific facts described in leading national magazines. You'll be hypnotized. You'll be terrorized. You'll be paralyzed. See a dead man come from beyond the grave. See Columbia Pictures startling. Creature with the Atom Brave. Creep show. 
All right, we're back on this uh, creepy Halloween edition of CSP. Yep, segment two, buddy. Spooky segment two is what we like to call it right now, just on this episode. <laughs> and this, this is what we like to call it, call it in this particular episode. Right, at this moment. Um, so, Ty, I've been seeing, you know, on Facebook all throughout the month, your your updates of your um, your Halloween movies and horror movie uh, marathon that you've been having. And you've been watching a, a different different one every day to really get you into the mood. Now, yeah, I just well, real quick, I just had a couple questions. Like, is yeah. are there any of them that jump out to you as like your favorite watches so far this season? Oh man, let's see. Um, goddamn, I had like a whole list that I had memorized too of what I had watched. Um, let's see. Today I watched Videodrome. Uh, David Cronenberg. Yes, that is one of the ones that um, I've never really watched, but I love Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. I love his movie Rabid. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes some crazy ass movies, and that was uh, I'd never seen it before, um, and I, I really dug it. Yeah, Cronenberg. He's really weird. He goes from like a regular, I don't know, almost mainstream movie to like a crazy ass movie. Like he made The Fly. Yes, he did the fly, and um, there's another one too that um, I think it was a Cronenberg, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Um, yeah. So video drama was pretty good. And what- yeah, video drama was good. Um, God, what else have I watched? Um, let's see. Last yesterday, I watched one called uh, Martyrs. It's a French movie. Um, it's fucked up. It's like about a girl who got really abused as a child, um, and when she grows up, she's like decides to go on a, I don't know, crusade to hunt them down, to hunt the people down who did it to her. And uh, it's pretty. It's a grimy movie, man. It was pretty grimy. Oh man, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it was good. I think I think you would really appreciate it. It was a uh, yeah, it was heavy. The French don't fuck around with horror movies, dude. No, they don't. Those are some of the just in my. I mean, there are a lot of things that scare me about the American-made horror movies that I like, but the French ones and and other um, foreign movies like that, they have a tendency to just kind of stick with you and kind of just um, really disturb you. In a deep way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see, I watched uh, one called uh, The Witch. Have you seen The Witch? Have not it's, seen The Witch. It's from like last year, slash this year. Um, It's like The Witch, but the spelling on it is like two Vs instead of a W. So it looks like The Witch. Um, but it's, a, it's set in like colonial, I forget where, like... Massachusetts or something basically like Salem and it's this family living out on a farm kind of out in the country and crazy shit starts happening and they think that they think that like there's some kind of witch trying to mess with them uh but it was really fucking good dude it was like super spooky the atmosphere was fantastic I was pretty uh spooked by it in a good way I'll have to put that one on the list here 
And of course, I'm like slowly over the course of like the last few years, finally watching through uh, Nightmare on, on Elm Street and like Halloween and shit. So watch Nightmare on Elm Street four the other day. The uh, dream dream master. I think. Yeah, I think it was the dream master because part three was the dream warriors. Yeah, yeah. Which part three is a really solid addition also. <laughs> part three was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. In part fact, two and three were pretty fantastic. In fact, I'm wearing my Nightmare on Elm Street t-shirt. That's right, dude. That's killer. Yeah. The ladies don't really think it's it's really killer. Like, they think it's kind of <laughs> lame, but, you know, fuck them. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't, and then I watched I don't wear things to attract the, the opposite sex. Mm, no, right? <laughs> I kind of do the same thing like I wear things to attract myself. Yeah, man. Like it's it's fucking weird and very gay now that I think about it, but I wear <laughs> <laughs> what I wear and do is an attempt to attract like cool guys like me. <laughs> That's who <laughs> other, I'm dressing up for, man. Men. Yeah, exactly. Other <laughs> grown ass men who will look at it and go, Oh, that's awesome. That's who I dress for. Oh man, you just made me realize that's so homosexual of me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I'm trying to appeal to. That's funny. It is. <laughs> and let's see. I watched uh, the Halloween. Halloween 4. Halloween 4. Um, the Return of Michael Myers, I believe. Yeah, it's the first one with the little girl, I guess. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. I dug that one. I dug that one. I liked the ending. Yep, that's a classic. Um, I'm saving a lot of the Halloween ones for. I, I always have to watch them on uh, Halloween night. How original that is! But <laughs> those always fall back on the the end of my list. Yeah. What about you? You've been watching anything? Yeah, we've been uh, going through and watching a lot of them. I'm saving the the main haul for like tonight and tomorrow. In fact, I. I didn't even mention it before, but I actually got a couple days off work now. I'm taking like a short vacation so that I can um, fully just immerse myself in the the spirit of the uh, of the uh, holiday. Yeah, really, that's awesome. So I wish I would have thought to do that. I didn't. Oh yeah, man. It's it, I was thinking about it since the summer. I was like, I gotta get you know a couple days off for Halloween because it nothing depresses me more than working on Halloween night for some reason. You know. Yeah, it's a bummer, dude. And then having to go in in the next the next morning after. Yeah. Yeah. And even even whenever you grow out of the the trick or treating and the costumes and shit like that, I don't even care about going to a, a costume party or anything. I just I want to um just watch movies and stay up late and eat a bunch of shit food and you know that's that's mm-hmm. that's what how a way I want to celebrate Halloween and I feel like it really is a time to just kind of let it all go and just kind of celebrate yeah but yeah for sure um so anyway the the ones I'm saving now for tonight and tomorrow night these are um some finds that I actually found not too long ago at the thrift store Oh yeah, and this year I'm I'm gonna kind of go back and I'm gonna watch a lot of these flicks on uh, VHS tape because I got that. You haven't seen the VCR guy. I know I sent you a picture of it, but it wasn't here last year. But that old '70s mm-hmm. style uh, Panasonic 
um, top, yeah. top loader with the wood grain and the big piano uh, yes. key buttons. It's awesome. So yeah, we're gonna watch it on on uh, on there. But I got Carnival of Souls. Love it. Yeah, I've never seen it, but never seen it either. But I have uh, heard of it, and it's like a '60s type of black and white movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna delve into that one. And as you can see, I have a a, a busy schedule here. I want to yeah. watch um, John Carpenter's Body Bags. Never seen it. I don't even know if I've even heard of that one. I have seen this one because I have it on DVD. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's like John Carpenter is actually playing uh, the Crypt Keeper type role, and there are like three mm-hmm. short stories in it. All right, tight. And uh, yeah, it's a good watch. Um, I found a Vestron copy of Reanimator. Awesome. That's great. I actually watched that yeah, a couple a week ago or so. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be getting into that. I actually found it, and this is how this is how like nerdy I, I I am about the tapes and stuff. I found a copy of it in this awesome Vestron box, and mm-hmm. the tape was missing the label on the front. So <clears throat> I found uh some some like printing paper like from Avery or something like a template where you can mm-hmm. print off VHS labels. <laughs> and I fucking, I, I took like a regular ass label that had just a bunch of small print at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then I just pasted a uh, reanimator over it. So it looks like an actual label. <laughs> that looks totally legit. Yeah. Cause it, I saw it before and I thought that was real. I was like, they even have the label on it. I know. Yeah. If you actually read the print though, like at the bottom, it says made in Holland, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. So not even the movie, but I did that, and I did the spine label as well. Nice. Um, so looking fucking nerdy. To that. I know it's fucking nerdy, but I <laughs> I don't know, man. The tapes, the tapes, and the records here—they've uh, been really bringing out the inner nerd in me. That's great. Um, we got the brain that wouldn't die. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. I don't think I have either, but it is a black and white from. 1950 something but it just looks like one of those classic halloween night movies yeah yeah um the actual media release of night of the living dead awesome awesome so gotta gotta stick with the classics got a couple more here i have the blood spattered bride which is a pretty good movie um I, I watched it. It's a nice, like, 70s-type grindhouse movie. hmm But I was able to find the uh, the clamshell hard case of that. Nice. Plague of the Zombies. Oh, I like the sound of that, yeah. Have hammer. You, yeah, you, you get into any of the Hammer releases? Uh, I've seen some of their stuff, yeah, yeah. For people that don't know, Hammer is, like, it's one of the oldest... Um, studios in, in England, you know, and, and they've been making, they made all the classic horror movies, but anytime you see the Hammer collection, it's like gothic, old style, yeah, yeah. creepy horror. So I usually, like it. Yeah. Usually good stuff there. Um, and then the last couple that I, I just ran into, um, a trauma release of Bloodsucking Freaks. Cool, haven't seen it. I watched it once, but I'm I'm excited to to revisit. I found the media release of the original Halloween. Nice. Which apparently 
I don't know. Apparently, this is like a super rare uh, version of it, like on the media production line, and it box mm-hmm. is in good shape. So that's great. And then my favorite, a pristine Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nice. When was the last time Very you watched nice. Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Dude, uh, confession time. I oh. I watched it probably. I don't know, quite a while ago, man. It must have been like 10 years ago. And um, I wasn't a huge fan, dude. I think I need to give it another go. But I don't know. I just felt like I was just watching like a woman get like just terrorized. I don't know. Which I know that was part of like the, the idea for it was just the like pure shock value of it. But it was just I felt like a, a like an hour and a half of like people getting terrorized and loud chainsaw. Yeah, I I can definitely agree with you there. And I mean, I I'll even go out on a limb here and say that in my opinion, if you're viewing it from a movie standpoint, it's Mm -hmm. probably one of the most overrated kind of uh, classic slasher movies ever made. I would say. Yeah, that was kind of my thought, but I I am aware that I probably need to give it another chance. And yeah, because it, it is it is beloved and it's it's really like not that great of a movie. And I know that the, um, you know, the budget of it was really low. I think, man, I think it might even be like the highest grossing independent horror movie ever made or something like that. Like it's one of the yeah. tops for for as low as it was shot for. Um, But I think it has something to do with the the Leatherface character and just mm-hmm. seeing this dude in an apron covered in blood and he's wearing someone else's face and he's got a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. That's like quintessential terror. Yeah, for sure. And the whole freaky family where you're just like, I feel it. I need to give it another watch. But that whole, it's like an entire family where you're like, somebody's going to help me. Somebody's going to be able to help me. And then they're all just fucking freaks. Just the helplessness. Yeah. And that might have been why I didn't like it. That might have been why I didn't like it. it was the it just made me feel helpless too. Or the made me feel the horror of that situation. Or the fucking creepy is it grandpa at the table? Yeah. 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 It is pretty doom and gloom, man. Mm-hmm. Um I was just I was just reading something or watching something about um some of the filming of that and how much uh how much the director put the main actress through for it. Like when, uh, when they slice her finger and, uh, and make like, and then like the grandpa sucks on it or whatever, that was real. Like apparently the director, like they had been filming it or rehearsing it. And there was a knife with like tape on it. But then like when they finally shot it or whatever, he like took the tape off of the end of the knife. So when it sliced her, like really sliced her finger. Oh shit! Yeah, is I mean she she had to be a pretty frantic in the movie, you know. I guess that's like an old Kubrick trick, man. Like how he just tortured yeah, Shelley Shelley Duvall on The Shining. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. That or like Hitchcock, just like pulling shit just to get that real reaction. And that's what it sounded like he was doing. Old uh, Toby Hooper. Yeah. yeah. I'll give it another watch. I need to. 
Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be good to uh, to go back and and watch this time of year. And then I've also, um, speaking of really nerdy shit, I I found a Betamax player at a Goodwill. Nice. And uh, got a couple of horror selections here on Betamax. And for anybody that doesn't know about Betamax, that was like in the eighties. The way that um, the way that we in our lifetime went through the HD DVD Blu-ray war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a similar one with Sony's Betamax and JVC's uh, VHS player. And the Betamax tapes are just like a little bit smaller and they're kind of strange looking. But obviously the VHS tapes beat them out. Mm-hmm. But there were still a couple of titles that, that got moved over. So I have a VHS or a, um, a Betamax copy of Happy Birthday to Me. Mm-mm. Never even heard of that one. Never heard of it. Mm-mm. It's um, it's one of those classic like a uh, teen slasher type movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, like April Fool's Day or some shit. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, a sort of a gothic horror movie called Superstition, which I've never seen before. Mm-mm. And Screamers. Screamers, that one sounds familiar. What's that one about? Uh, when a group of escaped convicts manage to flee to a remote island, they soon find that their new home is inhabited by a strangely menacing doctor, a mentally unbalanced scientist, his beautiful daughter, and a horde of superstitious natives. Uh, all right, now never heard of it, but that sounds interesting. I like, I like have a thing for movies where. Like a bunch of shitheads, like all end up somewhere, and then they end up fighting like worse shitheads, <laughs> and then so you end up kind of rooting for the the first the original shitheads. I like this. Did you see the the um, new? It's like a newer release, probably like 2014 or something. But Eli Roth's mm-hmm. um, Green Inferno. No, I didn't see that. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it, but I, I know that it was a remake, and it sounds like something that you might be into because it's like. I don't know if they're really shitheads because they're like Peace Corps people, but they yeah they fly out to to an island and then they basically get kidnapped by natives and yeah yeah I didn't see it yet um, honestly because I I don't know I feel like Eli Roth like I always want his movies to be good but they're just not at all but I feel like he's like got so much promise and he just can't deliver it on it or something but um now one one cool story I heard about that is. The natives that um, that he he had like actual tribes people be the play the tribes people in the movie, and he showed them um, is a cannibal holocaust, you know cannibal holocaust. Yeah. Um, yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, it's like a old. I actually haven't seen it. I never watched it, but it's like a, it was a seventies um, movie about I don't know a bunch of people, bunch of westerners who get. I don't know. What do they did they get nabbed by another tribe of people or something? Yeah, it's very similar to the to the actual story of Green Inferno, but the way it was shot was more like a uh, like a found footage Blair Witch type where they were filming a documentary and then they mm-hmm. they get like kind of uh intercepted by these actual tribes tribesmen or whatever and then they get kind of tortured and then they find the footage later. Um Yeah. It's funny that you bring that up though speaking of um of like animal torture and stuff, you know, that, that had the, the infamous turtle scene in it where an actual turtle 
was yeah. killed in that movie. Yeah, and like we were talking about earlier with animals, that's the reason I haven't watched it. As I was like, man, I don't want to watch animals get killed. I'm going to pass on that one. But um, So apparently Eli Roth showed Cannibal Holocaust to the tribes people, just had a screening of it for them, and apparently they thought it was a comedy. They thought it was a really hilarious movie. Oh, no. <laughs> How do you react to that kind of uh, reception or reaction know. from them? Yeah, right. I don't know. Man, that's sort of that's scary right there. Just that's that's like the moment whenever you're trying to get the grandpa from Texas Chainsaw Massacre to help you and you realize that he's in on the whole crazy <laughs> scene. Right. You're just like, uh, it's all fucked now. Shit. Uh, well, so that's that's scary. And then just to just to finally wrap up here, one that you would probably appreciate the most, a Thorn EMI HBO release oh. of Dawn of the Dead. God bless it. Yes, absolutely. I went through the actual cassette tape, and I um, was using WD-40 to peel off the rental stickers, Ty. Nice. Good job. So, yeah. <laughs> It's got me really far, you know, with on showing it on a podcast. You know, people can't really tell, but that's okay. It's uh my favorite release of it though. I love the cover and just Yeah, the that cover's really good. Yeah, man. So That's awesome. Anybody that's never seen Dawn of the Dead, it's one of the the greatest. It's fantastic, dude. That was uh, what threw me off the edge into loving zombies and shit. It's Dawn of the Dead. Yep, it's it's a uh, it's a good starting point for people that are trying to get into to horror movies. I think. Hmm. I have a copy of, I guess when that when Dawn of the Dead the movie was released, George Romero and uh, some other woman they wrote like a novelization of it. So like a while, quite a while back, like I just found out that 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 was a thing that happened. So I found like an original copy oh, on nice. Amazon and bought it and. So I got it somewhere in a box. Pretty that's, happy about it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love finding that kind of shit. Yeah. So Dawn of the Dead, yeah. man. Or as my mom uh, called it, Dong of the Dead. Because she, <laughs> she fucks every, She, You know, moms can't say anything right. No, they can't. And it's almost like they go out of their way to mispronounce things. I couldn't believe that she called it Dong of the Dead. <laughs> Like, it's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, she used to always um, tell me Ren and Skimpy was on too. I remember that. <laughs> That's awesome. But, I right. think tomorrow I'm going to be watching. Uh, I think I'm going to probably watch Evil Dead, and I think I'm going to go for a racer head. Man, it's been a long time since I've seen a racer head. Terrifying movie in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And I need yeah. to go back and watch that too. That's a good one. And um the trauma movie Combat Shock that's really sort of like a it's in the vein of a racer head. You need to check that out too. Yeah, you told me about that and I still haven't watched it. I need to I just need to do it. I'm sure it's uh I think it's probably available like for stream on YouTube. It's pro- you probably find it for free in a lot of different places, but Yeah. Good, uh, good flick. Yeah. Did you ever hear about the movie uh, Green Room? Green Room, huh? It was, 
it's uh, just came out like this year. It was one of, you know, Anton Yelchin, the actor who died is yeah. one of his last movies. Um, but it's badass, dude. It was, uh, it's about this punk band who like are traveling across like the West coast to playing shows. And they're like, nobody, they're nobody huge or anything. They're just traveling in this shitty van and they get, they get this gig and when they get to the gig, it's like out in the country. And when they get there, they realize it's a like neo Nazis and like skinheads and shit. So it's one of those. So they're like, fuck it. We're going to get paid. Let's just go do it. So they do the show and the green room, which is where like you hang out before you go on stage. Basically, um, they see something like they aren't supposed to see. And the movie became becomes like them stuck in the green room with a bunch of like skinheads and Nazis outside like doing everything they can to come in and get them. And it's fucking intense, dude. You need to watch it. It's so good. Oh my God. That does. That sounds really creepy. Oh, it's great. It's fucking hardcore. It's a hardcore movie. Green room. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out then. Well, the, the skinheads like that are just some of the scariest types of people too. Cause they're just out of their fucking minds. Yeah. Already just deranged. So Yeah. We got a lot to got a lot to keep us busy these next next couple days until Halloween. Yeah, we do, we do. So, um, we'll we'll definitely check those out. If anybody's got any uh, comments or or they want to um, let us know what they're watching or how they're spending Halloween, you can uh, hit us up on Twitter at Ty and Rocky K. That's right, and of course Facebook dot com backslash Complete Sentences Podcast. That sounds that, that sounds right to me. Sounds good to me. I'd believe you. And also, um, of course, the complete sentences podcast.com and has links to everything. So get on there and uh, just communicate with us. It's always nice to hear people on the other side. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, Ty. And that wraps the second segment. What do you say we take a quick break and then we uh, we can come back and uh, round out this Halloween episode and maybe talk a little bit about music? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I'm into it. All right. So we will do that on the other end of this break on CSP. (laughs) From the mists of infinity, they come rising from the cold, damp earth to take what is now theirs. When the moon turns red, the dead shall rise and walk the earth. From the gates of hell, they have finally come. The gates of hell. No one under 17 admitted without parent or certified adult guardian. You can't trust your mother. You can't trust your best friend. You can't trust your neighbor. One minute, they're perfectly normal. The next, rabid. Pray it doesn't happen to you. Rabid. A terrifying motion picture starring Marilyn Chambers. Rabid. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent.
and now we're back uh segment three already segment three traditionally the best segment i think yes my favorite we actually had a poll recently on complete sentences podcast.com and segment three won by a landslide of a favorite segment definitely did people have spoken but yeah, so we're here. Um, man, this episode has just flown by, and uh, it's kind of scary how fast it flew by, honestly. It is, buddy. We're back in the groove, though. It's like we never left. Didn't take a break at all. And that's something that, you know, our listeners, our ambassadors of the future, they can understand. That if we do take, take a, a brief hiatus here, they know that we are going to come back, and it is going to be like we never left. One day, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, if if anybody just kind of stumbles upon, you know, the files on iTunes, if iTunes is still around, even if it's not something different, um, mm-hmm. and they want to listen to them in sequential order, really, it's going to sound like we just spoke to Lance Mannion, and then, you know, we recorded this one, and it's going to be like there's going to be no time in between. Yeah, it will be, right? Right. It'll be nice. But yeah, we were uh, just during the break. We were talking a little bit about some some music, and I was kind of telling you that I've been really getting into vinyl records, and it's it's a tough time to do that too because you know it, there are so like people just will call you hipster or something right away, which I hate that. I hate that you mm-hmm. know that that's kind of grouped in with there are so many kids that are um, in high school that just like the idea of records, which. I like the idea of records too, but yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I kind of just got sucked into it for a from a different standpoint, and it seems like a lot of the so-called hipsters are getting into it at the same time. Like you can find records at Barnes and Noble now, and you know, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, they're back definitely in a big bad way now. I think every few years though, they kind of have a little resurgence. And right now they're definitely in one. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's I kind of see records as being the last glimmer of hope for the music industry to make any money on things. Mm-hmm. Because you can get any type of music that you want for free, but, you know, a lot of people like to hold the record and actually like the way that the records sound, and you just can't reproduce that any other way. No, and dude, CDs have already like they're gone. They've gone out. Like, I don't know. I don't really give too much of a shit about owning the CD of it anymore. But the record, that's that's pretty badass. And I was always the type of person where I would still uh, download like digital music. But if mm-hmm. I really liked the band, I would want to kind of own the CD. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. But you're right, dude. I don't even give a shit about that. Like if the Flaming Lips, you know, there's some bands that you just kind of stick with, and if they put out a new, a new CD or something or a new album, I was to the point where I didn't even care. I I, I would not go buy a CD. That just started nah. to seem like a waste of money to me. No, nah, no. Nah. And uh, yeah, Radiohead doesn't even like. I mean, I think they release hard copies for people, but otherwise, their main, like the main way they release their albums is just digital. They're just like fuck it. Yeah, it's and it's kind of silly, it, especially with them losing so much money. It's like why why would the why would the record companies even spend money to to put those out? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know. It kind of also just goes to show you that a lot of things, 
even though the music is it's it's arguable that the quality is better, but some people tend to think that, you know, the digital newest form is kind of the best quality, but people don't even take to that anymore. They they take to the sound and the warmness of of uh, a record, you know. Yeah, for sure. I've always liked that like the depth. There's like a depth to records that isn't there on digital or CDs. Yeah, I remember the first time that I really like got a hands-on experience with a, a turntable and an actual record. I was probably like I don't know, I was like 10 or maybe 11, but I was I was born in 1988, so whenever I was a kid and, and going into like grade school and, and middle school and stuff like that. I mean, CDs were already commonplace. You know, I grew mm-hmm. up with CDs just being around. And whenever I was like 10 or 11, my dad um, got like a box of his old records out from the attic. And I was just like looking at them like these relics from the past. And mm-hmm. I've seen these on TV. Like I've seen people have records before and stuff and they're kind of cool. Like, you have a turntable, and he had his old turntable, and we we threw on um, Abbey Road. I remember, and nice. I remember kind of telling him, "Wow, this this actually sounds better than a CD." And he looked at me like I fucking had a like a flaming turd hanging out of my ear, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "No, CDs are a lot better." I mean, this no, this is old old stuff. It's not better quality, but you know, kind of is in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I know it's not clear, it's not like crisp audio, but it feels more, I don't know, grounded or something. I don't know what it is. But uh, yeah, so I've been I've been uh, going through and and building a rebuilding like my music library and I got kind of a decent turntable, but you were asking me like where I've I've been going, like I've had a lot of my my biggest finds at thrift stores because those they're so cheap. Like some of them are like 50 cents a piece and you can kind mm-hmm. of just take a chance on, on things that you didn't really know. Yeah. yeah. And I can get like a stack of records for $3, you know? Mm-hmm. I also, um, I go to record exchange, man. You ever been there? Mm, I don't think so. Where's that? It's, it's kind of close to downtown. I think it's off of like Hampton or. Mm-hmm. Something, but it's it's like an old library from the '60s. It's basically the building that it is, so it's got that old library feel. But it's awesome, yeah. And it's nothing but just used vinyl and media and stuff. And there are, it's a really cluttered mess. So there are like boxes everywhere and shit, and some aisles you can't even squeeze through. But Mm -hmm. it's um, it's apparently like one of the biggest vinyl collections of a store in the entire country. Wow. Dude, that's awesome. That sounds great. I'll have to check that place out when I get back. Yeah, definitely, man. Let, we'll, we can go there, so just let me know. I always love to yeah. head over there and check it out. But I I recently found a, a copy of Bob James. Um, he he did the, the theme song from Taxi. Oh, yeah. And his album, Touchdown, I found a vinyl copy of that at Record Exchange for like $3. So it's got the actual really? got the actual song, like Angela, on it. Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. great. That's awesome. Is his other stuff pretty good, too? Yeah, in fact, the song after Angela, I think that's like the title track called Touchdown. Mm-hmm. That that was going to be the, the taxi theme song, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, they changed it last minute to the, the theme song that you know we all know and love. 
Yeah, yeah. But yeah, a lot of the songs are are pretty much like just as good as that one. It's just a really nice jazzy kind of soulful mm-hmm. album. I like that. I'll have to check that one out. I think a lot of those places too in thrift stores, they don't realize what they have either. Definitely. So I'm sure you can stumble on some pretty amazing stuff in there. Absolutely. I mean, going to vintage vinyl is cool because you can kind of handpick whatever you want, but you're not going to find anything, you know, that they're not going to charge you what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, really. So that kind of mm. that kind of leads us to um, one of the main topics that, that we were kind of talking about for the show. And basically, are there any songs uh, that that scare you or any albums that scare you? Any albums? Uh, I was trying to think. I think some uh, Ariel Pink shit freaks me out sometimes. I think he can have a really spooky vibe to some of his stuff, especially on his newest album. He's got a few spooky tunes on there. Yes. And Ariel Pink was also on my list too, by the way. Oh, was he? Tight. Um, let me see. I have mine pulled up here. So the one that... The one that the well, there are two of them that really freak me out by him that have a lot of songs that are kind of freaky. And the first one is the Doldrums. Yeah, the Doldrums is creepy. And same with Worn Copy. First time I saw Worn Copy, like I looked at the cover art, and it mm-hmm. it looks like you know, like it's going to be creepy. Yeah, yeah, it does. And um, there's a song on it too that's called Yeah Creep Show. That usually always makes my Halloween playlist. Nice. He's got one on his new album called Foreshadows. That's pretty spooky. Oh, is that from the uh, Pom Pom? Yeah, from Pom Pom. Yeah. I don't know how if that's his newest album, but... I think it might be. But yeah, dude, he's got some scary shit. And he also did like some kind of a side project thing that's called... The band is just called Shits and Giggles, and that's the name of the album. Mm-hmm. That's... The whole fucking record's terrifying. Is it really? That's yes. cool. All right, I'll have to check that out. Um, but I'm sure you might have this one too, Tobacco. Tobacco, uh, Maniac Meat. Yeah, that was the one I had on my list. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if you've been noticing like the last few uh, music videos he's put out, but they're fucking creepy. He's well, putting the, out some really fucked up videos. The one that uh, Eric Wareheim from Tim and Eric, he directed. Um, mm-hmm. The fuck, what was that song? I forget what it's called. I forgot what it's called too, but I think it was like one of the main singles of his last album. But mm. that was just like that was like scarier than a lot of the fucking horror movies you'd watch. Yeah, for sure. He just put out another one. I forget the song too. It was pretty recent, like the last month or so. But the video is three dudes on a bed, like basically. I think they're like all in their underwear. But they're wearing like they're wearing like girl masks and they're basically like laying on a bed oiled up, like rubbing each other and rolling around on each other and like fake kissing. And it's that the entire like three minutes. It's creepy with their chest hair and arm hair and shit. And it's like obviously dudes in girl masks. He's he's got a way of of um, just finding some really creepy visuals. I remember whenever I went with Jim and we, we went and saw tobacco. It was uh he was doing his actual tobacco tour. So it, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. 
it was all tobacco music. And then he had a projector going behind him that just had all of these creepy uh, videos and stuff. And he had one that was similar to what you're talking about. He, mm-hmm. It was like these three dudes just kind of sitting on a bed and they were doing like a, um, like a, uh, a triangle makeout session where they were all yeah. three just kind of licking each other and shit. Yeah, that's that's probably the exact one. Yeah, and it's just like fucking disturbing. <laughs> and one of the guys was wearing a St. Louis Rams t-shirt. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so cool. A lot of a lot of his music is very terrifying. I definitely agree with that. Well, one of the I have like some early uh, butthole surfer stuff, mm-hmm. and the there are a, a few of their like older albums like Live PCP PEP, which is really creepy, and um, like Cream Corn from the Socket of Davis. Those are all scary sounding ones, but the the scariest one of all is their full length um, Rembrandt Pussy Horse, <laughs> dude. There, it starts off with the song "Creep in the Cellar," where yeah, the only like the words are just "There's a creep in the cellar that I'm gonna let in," and yeah. it has like this really echoing, um, swirling fiddle that's playing, mm-hmm. and it's you know it when he starts talking backwards, my head starts to spin and all kinds of I don't know. The whole album is like that though. Yeah, that's creepy. All right, I'll have to check them out. I was at a I was at a pub the other day and they they were playing like uh, butthole surfers every once in a while. I was pretty impressed with it. Of that's, course, like nobody, barely anybody knew who they were. But yeah, that's that's a rare instance. You don't really hear you know too many people playing their music or or talking about them. Nah, definitely some good stuff. Yeah. See, I got uh, this band, Damaged Bug. And they're actually the main guy uh, from this band, uh, Theosis. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know Theosis, but they're really good. They're like just rock, like straight up, like I don't know, throwback rock and roll. Um, but they're really good. And the main dude who just did the side project, which is kind of more electronic, it's kind of like uh, tobacco. If tobacco were a bit more poppy and not as creepy, but still has that vibe. Yeah, I've heard. Of, I, I like the OCs a lot. I've never heard of the the um, artists that you're talking about, like any of the solo stuff. But yeah, yeah, the, the it's called Damaged Bug, and the album is Cold Hot Plums. And there's kind of a cool cover art. I think you'd like the cover art for that. Definitely a big fan of cover art, man. That's and that's strange too that you mentioned that because that was actually um, the first time I ever listened to the OCs. I gave them a try because I picked out. Um, an album that had cool cover art and I wanted to dig into it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They have really badass cool cover art. Uh, let me see what I have next. Um, I mean, the talking heads, their stuff, a lot of their stuff kind of rubs me the wrong way. It's good music. Yeah, it scares sure. me. And the one song in particular was that hit that they had, uh, burning down the house. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They managed to like hit some, weird wavelength that word sounds really good, but it's like, doesn't quite sit right. I don't know. He was good at that. Yeah. And I mean that the hit was, it was really poppy, you know, everybody mm-hmm. knows that song, but I, yeah. I think like whenever I was younger, I had a dream. Uh, there was something that happened where this, it kind of 
fucked me up with this song, but it was um it was like a dream where I woke up and I was in my my town that I grew up in, but everything was dark and quiet. I was like the only one in the town, but I could see like across the town, like on the other end, I could see like a little figure and mm-hmm. um I could tell that something was like closing in on me or like walking over. I could see from a distance. And that song was just like blaring out of one of the empty houses. And it was, I don't know, man, it's terrifying. It's spooky. Yeah. Just shout out to, um, it's screaming Jay Hawkins. The I put a spell on you. That tune where the dude's just screaming throughout it. That song is badass. Let's see. That is crazy too. Like, Watching his performances from like the sixties and seventies, he was just a fucking weirdo kid. Like he'd dress up like a African like shaman or something with like a bone through his nose, and I don't know. He was cool. I've never seen any of his performances, but I could just imagine with a name like Screaming Jay Hawkins, he sounds like a crazy guy. Yeah, he's a weirdo, and then he just like breaks down in the middle of the song into like making weird random noises. Uh, let me see. Um, a lot of the the animals, like Eric Bird and stuff, just his voice, yeah, yeah. classic kind of uh, rock and roll, and like they did House of the Rising Sun. But something about the way he sings, it's just kind of, I don't know, man. It's like dark. It's kind of scary. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about uh, King Crimson? King the album Crimson. in the court of the in the court of the uh, Crimson King. Yeah, like 21st century schizoid, schizoid man. Yeah, man. Yes, that one. Yeah, that for sure has some creepy vibes to it. It's spooky. I love that. I love that whole record. I love that song mm-hmm. too. That's great. Yeah. What about uh? <clears throat> um, and I'm I'm going off of ones that are like really generic now that you would automatically think about, like um, fucking uh, Dead Kennedys is pretty always good in Hall- Halloween stuff like. Jello, yeah. Jello Biafra, every everything that he sings is like just scary shit. Like, I'm not gonna do the thing for the Halloween dance, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, also, you were we went and saw the Meat Puppets that time at the old Rock House. Do you remember the the opening band, uh, Dex Romweber? The Dex Romweber. Uh, yeah, duo? yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. The, uh, they have a song from that that album. I had to buy it on iTunes years ago after we saw them because I couldn't find it anywhere else. But mm-hmm. there's a song called I Remember Darling, and that one is a really good kind of Halloween-based song too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, dude, I always like I always like try to remember what that dude's name was. So I'm glad you reminded me. That's it, man. Dex Rom Weber Duo. And um, that album, I think it's called Is That You in the Blue? That's like my favorite. And a lot of those songs we heard that night are on that album. Alright. Did you ever listen to uh this band My Dad is Dead? No. I think I think you'd be into them. They were from like the I mean they might still be doing things. I've only heard a few albums so far. But like from like the eighties and into the nineties, but they were I don't know, not too far off from like uh meat puppets and all that. But a bit more uh new wavy, I guess. But they have a pretty a few pretty good albums. That are a little spooky. One album's called "The Taller You Are, the Shorter the Shorter You Get" from '89. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I see. I just pulled that up, and uh, yeah, I'll definitely give it a shot. Yeah, listen to uh, a song called "Too Far Gone." It's not spooky, but it's one of my favorites from them. 
That's that's pretty much all I have for like um, for spooky albums. But it's funny that we kind of ended up here because just the other day, um, we went and saw the Meat Puppets again in concert. They came. Oh yeah, yeah. They came to town last Tuesday. It was them and the Dean Ween group. The Dean Ween group. Yeah, he's uh, um, from Ween, obviously. Dean Ween. Yeah, he, yeah. he did like a solo project now. Mm-hmm. And we saw them perform at a place on Delmar called Del, uh, Delmar Hall. It's like a new venue. Oh, really? And a very, very tight place. It's like really low key. It's sort of like the old Rock House. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we went and saw them the other day. That was really cool. And the Meat Puppets, they put on a great show. And they actually did a Beach Boys cover, man. They covered Sloop John V. John B. Really? That's awesome. It's great. That's cool, man. That's good. Were they pretty good then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're um, amazing musicians. You know, it was just constant guitar solos, which is cool to see live. Mm-hmm. There were yeah, so sure. many fucking heavy solos that night. It was insane. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool. Always a always a good time going to see them. But man, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I think that kind of wraps up the the spooky Halloween version of CSP. Yeah, I think it does, huh? Yeah, we covered covered everything that we're we're gonna want to do, and and uh, everything we love about Halloween, really. Yeah, pretty much. Tomorrow, I think I'm going to. Um, it's there's a citadel, like a literal huge fortress from like the 1700s. That's like I don't know, half an hour, forty minutes away from me. And are doing some kind of Halloween thing. That's one cool thing about uh, Europe for Halloween. Even though they don't do it up like we do it. And they don't have as many haunted houses and trick-or-treaters and stuff. They're like haunted houses and shit are at actual like castles. They have like ruins of castles that they do. Haunted houses at. So I think that's what I'm doing tomorrow night. I'm pretty pumped. I can imagine um, just the vibes of those kind of places. It's not like. You know, spooky world in Fenton, like Silo yeah, yeah. or anything. It's whenever you do go to some of those, they're like real creepy castles. That would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. And the place like we're going, like had actual battles and one like massive battle, the Franco-Prussian War. There was a battle there, and just like thousands died, which is sad, but pretty awesome that they're having a haunted place there where like shit like that has gone down. Yeah, and the the closest thing I'd been to like that, you know, whenever I lived and and uh, grew up where I grew up in Southern Illinois, um, there's a town called uh, Prairie du Rocher, and they have a, a place called Fort de Charters, mm-hmm. and it's it was like I think it goes back to like Civil War times, so it's not incredibly mm-hmm. ancient or anything like that, but it was one of the forts from from the war, and there were um, a lot of people that actually died there, and now. They do the rendezvous and stuff where everybody dresses up and reenacts shit. But some Halloweens, cool. they do like a haunted fort tour. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, those are always fun whenever it actually has history. Mm-hmm. Very cool, yeah. But I figured in closing, uh, Ty, I, I actually – another thrift store find that I that I recently come upon was oh, – I already see it. Ah! Yes, I. Uh, nice. It's this was the box set of scary stories to tell in the dark. So it has versions one, volumes one, two, and three. 
Dude, that's great. And then I found this hardcover of Scary Stories Treasury, which I think is just a hardcover that has all three volumes in it. Mm-hmm. But they were going for like 50 cents a piece, so... You got it. Couldn't pass it up. Yeah, you got to do it. That's fantastic, dude. And uh, they're really fun reads because everything is so short, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the illustrations in those are so terrifying. Oh, my God. The illustrations in them, I couldn't believe it. I, I first found this in grade school at the library, and I remember mm-hmm. reading it in class and stuff when I was in third grade. And it would give you nightmares. All the pictures in it just look like um, decaying kind of, I don't know, gross yeah, terrifying things, but yeah, yeah, that's funny because I just posted uh, like an hour or like a couple hours ago. I found uh, this lady who made who took photographs and like reproduced like some of the illustrations in there, but she did it with photographs, and they're pretty awesome. Really? Yeah. I'll have to check that out. You say you just posted that, huh? Yeah, I forget. Uh, I can't remember her name now. But yeah, it's pretty good. There's just one one song that I remember out of this book that um, stuck with me. It was one of the one of the stories in here that kind of stuck with me. But it's called yeah. the Hearst song, and I'm sure that you remember it. Go for it. Yeah, let me just read the lyrics here. And this was my my third grade uh, mind uh, taking this information in, by the way. And mm-hmm. uh, this is probably what warped me for the rest of my life, but in a good way. I wouldn't have changed a thing, Ty. <laughs> okay, so it's... Don't you ever laugh when the hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet. They put you in a big black box and cover you with dirt and rocks. All goes well for about a week, then your coffin begins to leak. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. The worms play pinochle on your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose. They eat the jelly between your toes. A big green worm with rolling eyes crawls in your stomach and out your eyes. Your stomach turns a slimy green and pus pours out like whipping cream. You spread it on a slice of bread... And that's what you eat when you are dead. Oh my fuck. Jesus. <laughs> that's so dark. <laughs> it is, yeah. This book's published by HarperCollins and it's available at any grade school library or bookstore. You yeah. Find. It truly is. I work with kids and like elementary school kids, and a few of them have come in with that book. Oh, that's amazing. And I think it is kind of cool that kids can get that because I mean even even whenever you're kids you're you're a kid, you know, a, a lot of things in your life are sanitized and it's nice to kind of find something that kind of breaks the rules a little bit and kind of gets yeah. you scared in a fun way. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is definitely the way to go if you're looking for those kind of uh cheap thrills. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. But yeah, I thought that would be a nice way to to close out this episode. that in a little spooky silence also (laughs) (laughs) all right man you got anything else you want to throw in uh no no everybody stay spooky spook yourselves 
Yep, definitely stay spooky, and hopefully there will be nothing spooky about the the length that it takes us to put out the next podcast. Yeah, yeah, really should be very unspooky because we we just need to need to just get back into it, get the ball rolling some more. Really, dude, just make it a habit again. Yeah, definitely. that's all. Oh, and um, if there's anybody out there, just I'm, not to get into a whole thing. I know we've talked about it though, but. Uh, don't hate on Wild Sketch appeared. He's a great guy. If anybody's hating, <laughs> just you know, everybody posts posts things sometimes that they don't, you know, that they're just kind of wrong. And there's no need to hate on him. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's an awesome dude, and uh, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but uh, I know he felt bad about it and he tried to rectify it. So let's all move on. I've done stupid shit where I was like, oh, that was dumb. Oh, I know, and I'm glad that there's not like a spotlight on everything I post on Facebook. Cause most of it's stupid anyway. But sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes you you just get emotional, and and you know, there's some things from your personal life that you complain about that you know you don't really yeah. mean, and it was just a dumb thing. So if anybody doesn't know about it, that's fine. It's cool. Uh, but there are some people that are just kind of hating on somebody for posting some things from his personal life, but he's a great guy. So let's look past that and move on. Yeah. 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 But that was, that was all I wanted to say about it. So, um, yeah, good to go, man. It's been uh, nice talking to you for another Halloween. Yeah, definitely. Good to be back and, uh, definitely have to make it happen more often. Like we were saying. Yeah, most definitely. And we will do that and we will talk to you all on the next CSP. You have just listened to Complete Sentences with Ty and Rocky K. Please feel free to email us at completesentencespod at gmail.com.